Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and it is a... It is an adventurous treat to be here today. We've got with us Jason Moore. Jason, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm fantastic. Actually, <laughs> recording a podcast first thing in the mornings is one of my favorite things to do. So, thanks for the invitation, man. Bro, it is such a pleasure to have you here. For those tuning into Jason for the first time, uh, I can't believe it's your first time because <laughs> this guy's been a lot of places and he's been everywhere almost. I feel his travel lifestyle's taken many forms over the last twenty years. Right, he's drove around the USA in a giant orange tabby cat shaped van. He worked as a tour manager for a famous indie rock band, spent a That's decade true. working as a digital nomad with various businesses, and uh, somehow he's found roots in, uh, in, in beautiful Oslo in Norway, and uh, he's directed his entrepreneurial life now to helping others achieve their travel and location independent career dreams. He's done this through his podcast, which if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's lots of fun. It's got his vibe all over it. Zero to Travel is the name of the podcast. And he's got the Location Indie Community and Lifestyle Launch Academy. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. It is such a pleasure. There are so many places we could dive into this podcast, but let's just dive off where we were, um, pick up where we were left off before we uh, yeah, decided to press record effectively. Dude, podcasting changed your life. It's completely changed mine. Can we just talk yeah. about it for a quick sec? You said it was up there with like, yeah, kind of like up there, probably behind the birth of your kids, but relatively yeah, up yeah. there in terms of, yeah, I, I know I'm going to say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you have to rank these things, you know, when you're thinking about your life, you're thinking about the things that have changed your life the most mm. when you reflect back. Sometimes those things in, in real time, you, you can't necessarily identify them. I mean, when of I course. started the podcast, it was an exciting thing, but I didn't know it was going to change my life forever. The power so of it. Ways. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man. So uh, it's just such a beautiful thing nowadays that you can buy a hundred dollar microphone, which I have here. You know, mm -hmm. I think it was 75 bucks. Plug it in to the right things, hit record, have a conversation, share it with the world. And it can it can help people out there that are listening. And it certainly helped me as a podcast listener. I've always been attracted to audio. Mm -hmm. And, you know, selfishly on the hosting side, I get to have 
wonderful conversations with people like yourself, get to learn all kinds of new perspectives, get to learn about, you know, what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes that, you know, I always say you can only have the one life that you have, right? So with podcasting, you almost get to vicariously kind of walk in somebody's shoes for a little bit and put yourself there and, and just learn from them. And it's such a beautiful uh, exchange and, and such a, just such an awesome medium to be able to, to share those conversations. So I, I really, really love it. Yeah. And I love what you're describing there in terms of the way you describe that in terms of vicariously walking in other people's shoes. Cause oftentimes I find now we've, we've been doing this for quite a few years and you'll find that sometimes even having interviewed so many people on the same sort of topics after a while, you've even end up with like conflicting theory sometimes, but yeah. it's actually, it's actually kind of epic because you sort of feel your mind and your sort of yourself growing. Cause it's like, actually that person's right for their situation. This person's also right, but also they're conflicting in said point places. And I can sort of see that's like, ah, oh, like I'm actually holding more space in my head for opposing mm -hmm. ideas than I was before. Like, shit, I think it's making me smarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, one thing I've been trying to get my head around a bit more recently is that idea of duality, right? Yeah. It's, it's not one or the other. Mm. Most times when you think about it, you can hold two different concepts in your head and it, you know, it, it's maybe tricky to, to live by them in certain ways, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And mm. I think, you know, those conversations that what you're alluding to is something that I experience as well. You know, we're talking a lot about travel and sometimes you know, there are similar things that come up. People were, you know, disillusioned with their nine to five job. They quit, they travel and there's all that stuff. But when you start to unpack it and dig into the human experience of what that is for them and then start to uncover their perspectives and what led them to those decisions and the path that they're on and, and how they ended up there and where the path's taking them and all of the magical things that happen mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah, you, you, you're right. You're exposed to conflicting things. And I think that's a, a good thing because one of the most important things we need to do, at least in my belief, is to, is to constantly question your own beliefs. Mm. Otherwise, you can end up, you know, you can say you're open-minded, but if you're not questioning your beliefs all the time and changing them and adjusting them, are you really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And that actually, I'm going to use that as a bit of a segue because we can still riff about podcasting and we probably will. But the one of the things that I fell in love with early on in traveling, so I grew up, I had this really amazing opportunity. I had an Indian family. I was an only kid and most of my family was in India. So every couple of years, my parents would just like handballing me across back across the Indian Ocean to go hang out with my grandparents and my family and stuff. Amazing. And so, but the the belief systems that you were talking about that we that were challenged through holding opposing ideas, I found a lot of that in traveling as well. Early days, like I remember seeing just how the value of life was very different growing up in Australia versus growing up in India. You know, there was extreme poverty in places in India, and just the the classism was just such a different sort of structure in India as was it was like this abundant middle class in Australia. And it was like so many things that I could see, like, I'll give you the easy example, right? Like my cousins would be walking down the street and this is like me as like a young teenager and they'd want to hold my hand. And I was like, no, dude, like, I don't love you. <laughs> you know, like, stop it. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And they're like, what do you yeah. mean love you? Like, you're my brother. Like, you're my cousin. Just hold my hand and we'll go to the shops. And I'm like. I'm not holding your hand, bro. <laughs> like, this is not happening. And then, and then I started realizing, it's like, oh my God, like I've got these limiting beliefs that me holding my mm. cousin's hand literally must mean that I'm in a romantic relationship with him right? and nothing else because that's what the cultural beliefs of where I'm from indicate. Yeah. And so this whole trip around, like before there was personal development in my life, I feel like traveling encourages you to grow so much in the adventure. And I really wanted to sort of pick apart some of that with you in terms of, yeah, just how we identify certain parts of ourselves on the adventure that we never would have found while we were at home. Oh yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that example. That, that makes total sense. It, mm -hmm. It's, there's so much cultural, <clears throat> I, I guess there are so many cultural inputs that we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a big thing that, that travel has done. Of course, now I live abroad. I live in Norway. Uh, so it, it, it continues on, I suppose, mm -hmm. right. Living in another country, but the further you are away from your own culture, 
um, you know, physically, uh, obviously having that distance uh, where you can't just kind of escape back into it makes it a big difference because you're forced into other cultural situations. You start to pick up on uh, other cultural nuances and beliefs. And when you just have distance from ev- anything, I think it gives you a chance to reflect, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about uh, somebody that's you know, deciding if they're going to quit their, when we were talking earlier, when you were deciding if you're going to quit your job and kind of going on that whole journey, I'm sure you were giving yourself space to reflect. Maybe it was mental space and travel. It's almost like forced forced reflection, forced Mm -hmm. minimalism, forced a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You're just thrown out into the world and there it is. And you start to realize, oh yeah, the way I grew up and the way we have done things is just one way in a giant world. And it's, Mm. it, it's not what everybody does. It's not the way everybody thinks. And you start to, again, question your beliefs and start to think differently right? And that's just what it does. Now it happens. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know, it's, I think like travel can be in, in some ways, at least for me it's almost like accelerated self-development. Yeah. Right. You know, I could sit back at home and read the books and all that, but throwing yourself out into the world man, you can learn a lot in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you interface so much with your, like yourself. Like I remember even one example that I find myself reflecting on early days, which taught me a lot about myself and traveling was like, I remember being in a, in a backpacker and there was these four German guys that were like, literally, I could see they were going out on the town and I knew I could be their token Aussie. Like I just knew it. I was like, I could be their token Aussie. <laughs> they're German. They're going to love me. I could go There's out. There's always we a could... token Aussie. <laughs> right. So I was like, we could totally do this. And then every cell in my body wanted to ask, Hey, you guys going out? Can I hit the town with you? And this is like, you know, and I didn't, I remember so clearly end up, back in the hostel room, sitting upstairs with my book in my hand, head buried in a book and not really reading, just regretting (laughs) like what could have been the night out. And I remember just going, man, like just a little bit of courage would have completely changed my trajectory of my night. I could have made friends. And it was interesting because back home, everybody knew me as the extrovert and kind of like the the bubbly guy and it's all good. And like, you know, no one would imagine that Amrit would have the troubles of kind of going, Hey, like I'm too shy to ask. And I remember like just the opportunity of, and this is what I was alluding to is like, we like almost because we get so conditioned to who we are in our environment that somehow it doesn't make as much sense to the head that you'd actually find parts of yourself out on the road, you know? but you really do. And it's like, Oh, I found that part of myself. And actually I can work with that part of myself on the road. I never would have had the opportunity to work with it while I was at home. Right. Did you, um, were you traveling solo or? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. What, what was that experience like for you? Traveling uh, solo has been always a really special, um, experience because it does feel like, like much more personal development oriented. Not that the intention is I'm going to travel on my own and I'm going to grow myself. Um, but I, I just find even just when it comes to language barriers and stuff, um, like how you, how I find myself communicating, navigating through situations. Yeah. It's, uh, I really enjoy it. Um, but I, I like introspection. I'm a meditator. I kind of like that sort of stuff, but then there's yeah. also something when I travel, and that's where, you know, this might sound a bit loaded, especially for those that are listening in that don't have a relationship, but traveling with your partner is probably 
in my experience, like the sweet spot. Traveling with your friends is also great, but then don't go for too long. <laughs> I've had to find. <laughs> but traveling with your partner, you've got someone you can share experiences with, and hopefully you've got enough space to sort of give each other time to go do what you want to do as well. And you get the best of all worlds. But yeah, why do you ask? Well, because solo travel was something that changed my life. That was yeah. another a defining moment. We talked about podcasting and also for me, uh, my first trip overseas, proper trip, not spring break in Cancun, Mexico yeah, where did in you high go? school, <laughs> uh, was uh, the, the traditional backpacking journey through Europe. Yeah. You get on the, you know, the Eurail thing. And, and man, that was, I, I didn't know anybody who had traveled solo. This was in the late nineties. Mm. So I'm dating myself here, but you know, at that time, there weren't all the blogs and the podcasts and the things that, that you, yeah, I didn't know anybody that did this and there was nowhere to read about anybody that did this that I just knew to of. Just to put this into context for the listener, there was no picking up a SIM at the local wherever, wherever and having a GPS on your phone and knowing where you were going, right? That, that, <laughs> no. was, that was still Paper like maps, a decade away. Asking, yeah? <laughs> asking people, you know, I always tell people that's a travel tip. Don't ask Google, ask people. Yeah. You get a lot that. more interesting interactions, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that changed my life forever. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that you were uh, talking about when you were sharing some of your story is uh, the idea of going out and finding yourself through your travels, mm -hmm. right? Like the self-development part. And I think, um, I, I think that that's too heavy of an intention to put on any trip, right? Yeah, it's like, well, what if, what if you don't find yourself, whatever that means? And how do you even define that? Right. So, you know, they say expectation is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think when you travel, it's good to just kind of dive in and have the experience and take it for what it is, right? Like what you described in, in the hostel, bearing, going back and burying your head in the book and, and all that, that was part of the experience for some reason. And maybe having that experience led you to, you know, being a lot more extroverted in your future travels and a lot of other amazing things. And Hey, maybe those guys went out and got mugged that night, you know, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's all, it's all part of the experience. And you know, that, that part of it for you was a, it sounds like a part of your growth process, right? Like if you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't have kind of had those thoughts and, and reflected on that in the same way. So it's just all part of the experience and solo travel is quite an experience in terms of you know, meeting people, being out in the world, learning that you are resourceful as an individual and you can figure things out, which is super empowering. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just uh, just having the courage to kind of get out there without anybody having to handle all decisions yourself. There's a lot that comes with solo travel, going through the lonely times because you will yeah. get lonely if you do it long enough, you know, having the highs and the lows and everything like that. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. So I recommend solo travel to everybody. And if you're the one listening, you're like, well, I couldn't do that. Or, you know, I don't, I don't want to eat in a restaurant by myself. It feels weird. I don't want to go to the movies by myself, whatever. Well, that's kind of the point, right? Mm -hmm. you, you do it because it, it might feel, things might feel weird or, mm -hmm. you know, that that's kind of where you get out of your comfort zone and then you start to discover things. You still might not like going to dinner by yourself at the end, but maybe the thing becomes that you can now sit there and do it comfortably. And there's something in that. Yeah. Do you, is this just my projection on, cause I'm getting older, um, or is there more fear around traveling now than there was when, you know, potentially like I'll put it this way. I was six and then eight and then nine and my parents just literally dropped me off at the Adelaide airport and put me in the custody of Singapore assisted care. And then someone picked me up in India at New Delhi airport, which was my cousin, which was my, um, my, my, my father, my parents' family. And there was like, that was just so easy. Like it was so doable. And I had a wild time because I was just like this little kid sitting in first class because they couldn't be bothered putting me out the back, eating all these meals. It was a great, it was a great experience, but I'm just wondering, are people as open to that these days? And I kind of feel like in my gut that we're not as open to such experiences and there is more fear about where people travel, or is that just a paradigm that I'm plugged into because you speak to so many people about travel? Um, is there more or less fear around travel these days? I think that it depends uh, yeah. is the answer to that question, of course, because uh, going back to what you said, uh, 
or what we talked about in the beginning around the, the culture that you come from. Right. Mm. So, you know, what, what are the messages that you're bombarded with from your inner circle? If mm. you come from, you know, maybe like, I'm just, I don't want to like stereotype here, but mm. I'll, I'll just say, you know, uh, uh, like a conservative Midwestern U S family that, mm hasn't traveled anywhere and maybe your parents see the world as like the most, you know, the world outside of your town is the most dangerous place and you should never go anywhere or do anything. Well, if you're bombarded with that for, you know, two decades and now you're 20 years old and you want to travel, you're probably going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, And then you pile onto that, the media bubbles that we are in and, and the stuff that we read and that the news is reported in a certain way to get clicks and, it's a business and, um, you know, good news isn't the thing that sells the newspapers. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, there are all these factors that combine to, to, uh, coalesce into fear in many mm-hmm. ways. Right. So then I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, taking in the right information, the right brain food around travel and understanding mm-hmm. that, uh, when you listen to Zero to Travel podcast, for example, or I'm sure you've talked about travel on your podcast, you know, you hear time and again that people say, well, you know, the world's this, you know, amazing place and people are good. And all of these stories that you hear where strangers are helping people out and taking them in and, and all this stuff. It's like, well, people aren't making this up, right? There's there's something to that. So, you know, paying attention to those things, I think, is important. And then you know, getting over your fear by just diving in and doing it. I think that's how psychologists conquer like a fear of snakes. For example, there's two different ways. I can't remember the scientific uh, term for this technique, but they either like slowly expose the person to the snake, Mm -hmm. right? Like first you, first you're sitting in the room with the snake, but it's in a cage like far away. And the next day it's like a little closer and then maybe it comes out, but somebody's holding it across the room Mm -hmm. and you get closer and closer. And then there's the, hey, we're going to put a snake around your neck and, you know, <laughs> and travel is like, travel's kind of like the snake around your neck, right? <laughs> like you buy the plane ticket and you get off the plane and there you are, you yeah. know, with the taxi drivers haggling with you way. and, you know, the Cinco things. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if you want to do it and your heart's calling you to travel, at some point, you know, despite the fears and, you know, even seasoned travelers, I mean, you go to a new place, I don't know how you feel, but there's always a bit of anxiety and fear. Like, you know, you don't know what's going on. You're tired when you arrive, you're jet lagged. It's a new country. You know, there are people that can scam you and things like that, like everywhere. You don't know the neighborhood. So there's a lot to figure out each time. So it's not like, yes, you can get more comfortable with that as you get experience, but it doesn't always completely go away depending on where you're going and things like that. So, um, it, it, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, that was the long, maybe rambling philosophical thing on fear, think, right. but, um, <laughs> I say quasi philosophical, maybe, but, um, but I think, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's any more, um, if there's any more fear around it than there has always been. It's just the fear is coming from, maybe some new places, some different places. And it's really dependent on the individual. But our job, I think, as individuals is to get over our fear, right? Like if we want to do anything in life that Mm. is probably meaningful or purposeful, we probably have to act in spite of our fears at some point. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I've met anybody that's done some cool things that, you know, hasn't had to kick their fear in the butt. Yeah, do it. Walk headfirst into it, right? And that was going to yeah. be one of my um, one of my questions, bro. Because your journey is <laughs> how is your relationship with fear <laughs> and your journey? Because you, <laughs> from what I have gathered, um, pretty much were left college, were in debt, and just were like, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. Um, was there some fear around there, or was it just inspired to sort of move? Like, what, like, how is your journey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what the heck I was doing when I got yeah. out of college. I knew I had all this debt. I had $20,000 in student debt. I had to pay it off. I studied communication, something, I guess I should do something with this degree. I don't know. Should I rent an apartment and live somewhere and get a job? What kind of, I was applying for all these jobs. I didn't know what I was doing. 
one thing I did know I really wanted to do was take this trip to Europe. Mm -hmm. And originally I wanted to do it with a friend, uh, but I had graduated in December and my friend wasn't graduating until, no, he had actually already graduated and then he had gotten a job right away. So I was like, all right, well, I'm here at home. And when you graduate in the middle of uh, the year, it's a weird time because some of your friends are already graduated and they've gotten jobs. So they've moved on. And the other ones from are waiting to graduate. Are, yeah, still yeah or they're, they're, they're still in school and you're just kind of there on your mom's couch eating potato chips. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> watching Comedy Central and wondering what to do with your life. Um, Love it. You know, so it's. um. It was a crazy time, but uh, I was fortunate in that I, I did commit to the trip and to travel. And what that did is changed my, it changed my approach to everything, right? Mm. And, and I think the, the point I want to make here is that when you really truly commit to something, you just see the world differently and mm. it, it allows you to take different actions and those different actions tend to lead to the result that you want. Right. Mm. And, and for me, those actions, those specific actions were okay, committing to this trip. Now um, I've, I've turned down this full time job I got offered because I know I want to take this backpacking trip. Okay. Well, I'm doing this. So now what do I need to do to save money? All right. Well, maybe I'll get a job uh, at, at, a, at a restaurant or something like a temporary job for six months and just save money and go. Okay. Oh, well, maybe I should look for some jobs that that are travel jobs that allow me to travel and get paid. And that started happening. And somehow I stumbled across this random job where there was a charity event that traveled to different um, states all across the US. Mm. And I, I didn't know anything about this industry. They sent me a tour schedule. I was like, tour schedule? Cool. <laughs> and uh, there was a charity event where kids raced modified lawn tractors with blaze. <laughs> with the blades removed around a, a Kmart parking lot. <laughs> I'm glad the blades were removed. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> yes, the blades were removed. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I, what is this? This is so <laughs> odd. Uh, and I had an interview with a guy who was uh, visiting a, a golf cart factory in New Jersey because they were thinking about switching from tractors to golf carts. And I'm like, this is the strangest job interview I've ever had. <laughs> I'm like standing in a parking lot with this guy smoking a cigarette and basically BSing with me. And I'm yeah. standing there with my leather bounds, you know, folder and my resume <laughs> dressed up and um, basically gave me the job. And then I went on this tour and then yeah. I fell into the event marketing industry and started doing all these tours. And then I took the trip and that just kept, kept me on the road and kept leading to life travel. So I became a, a touring professional for a decade. Didn't, mm -hmm didn't live anywhere because I didn't want to. And this is before being a nomad was cool, I guess. Yeah. That was um, you gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was just really, honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't any messaging like, oh, I want to be a nomad because that's like such a cool life. It was more mm -hmm. just like, hey, I love this travel thing and I'm it just going to keep right. doing it because why would I stop? Yeah. And so I kept getting gigs and then traveling overseas in between my contracts. And it just ended up that it happened for 10 years because i I was still, I loved it and didn't want it to stop. So I've, I've got to ask you this question because everybody asked me, um, yeah, what's, what are some of your favorite? Like, I want to ask you what's your favorite place, but I know that's such a bullshit question because it's like, it's so hard <laughs> to have like one favorite. Um, but when you think back, like is like, I'm sure Oslo is pretty special because you've decided to put down some roots there, but what's, um, yeah, what is up there with like your favorite places that you've been to? Oh yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, because I spent a decade of my life road tripping around the USA, my home country, you know, after traveling all, all over the world, even one of my all time favorite travel things to do is a good old fashioned road trip anywhere mm -hmm. in the States, yeah. getting in the car, cruising, stopping and getting milkshakes along the way. Maybe that's just me uh, <laughs> camping, you know, doing whatever. There's just so many adventures to be have had. Um, and then uh, I really loved traveling through Argentina, spent uh, after touring for many years, wanted to have a summer off and it's in summer there is in the winter in the US. Mm -hmm. So I went down to Patagonia and spent three months there, three and a half months and uh, mostly on the Argentinian side and just such a lovely, beautiful nature, amazing mm -hmm. people, it's too many adventures to share on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And um 
and Nepal, uh, which I finally got to go to in 20, I don't remember what was 2012, 2013, I'm terrible with years. Um, it was the year, I think after the, the earthquake that happened there, the, the tragedy, but, um, uh, again, lovely people, beautiful mountains, uh, trekking. It was always a dream come true to, to go there. So when I, I I'll never forget sitting in a, sitting in a temple with some of these, uh, Buddhist monks who were making yak, uh, yak milk tea. Mm. Um, and, and, and it looked like, it looked like a Disney set for Indiana Jones, <laughs> you know, like you walked in and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a guided, like we had just met these, we had just met these monks and they invited us in and, yeah. you know, it wasn't like a thing where tourists were, you know, they were bringing the tourist groups through. Mm. And it just, as soon as I walked, I was like, is this even, this is like an Indian, you know, an Indiana Jones stage. <laughs> yeah. This is like a stage set, but it's real life. Like and now I can see like these stage sets were built on real life, you know, yeah. of course they were. Um, so just, you know, having experiences like that and yeah, just being able to be connected to, to the land and people, different, different types of people all over the world in that way was, uh, just awesome. I'm going to ask you, you can't, it's hard to put into words, you know, yeah, no, I totally, you, you, I totally you get, get these questions and then like, I mean, everybody can relate to this, right? You just get it. You get a montage of images <laughs> in your head and, and all and the feelings like, are coming through as well with them. And you're going to try and put some words. To them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, is my job as a podcaster, I guess, but not always easy. Come on, man. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Step up your game. So, so I would never say that. So you would say Argentina, Nepal. This is a question. Um, some of and Europe. Some, yeah. And some of my own reflections. Are you the same person in every country when you visit it? That's a great question. I, I'm going to have to steal that one and ask it on my podcast. <laughs> uh, yes and no. This is something I've been talking about pretty recently. Um, and when I say no, it doesn't mean that you're a fake person. I think mm. there's a, there are some adjustments. There are some cultural adjustments that need to be made to, you know, fit in in some ways or like yeah. you know to not to to be I, I i guess i would say not so much to fit in but maybe to be respectful right and also like, to navigate the terrain right yeah yeah i mean if i was going back to philadelphia and going to you know a football game with my buddies we would you'd probably look at us and think we were like the loud obnoxious america americans because we probably are because mm. we're in america we're going to a football game and we're like woo yeah but you know, if I was going to a soccer game with some people I just met at a hostel in, in a country where the culture doesn't really want you to be the loud, obnoxious American, you're probably going to adjust your behavior a bit. You know, is that not uh, I, I wouldn't say that that's um, not about not being true to who you are. Mm. I think it's more about just being respectful of where you are and yeah. understanding that you know, you have to modify your, your behavior sometimes in different places to, to try to, you know, be a part of that culture and respect the, the culture and the people there. And that's a part of traveling, I think. So you, you uh, so the answer is, I guess, you're still the core of who you are and you're yourself, but you might make some adjustments to, to be a part of the culture and be respectful of that. Yeah, I love that. that bro. Yeah, thank you for thank you for going there with me because yeah, yeah I find there's so many dimensions that open up of us, and I think that's what you mean by respecting the culture. It's like you just find a new dimension of yourself, sort of going, ah, oh, I'll respect this version and I'll respect this, you know. And I noticed this for me starkly is like because Brazil is my like is one of me and my wife. We were going there every February um, oh, yeah. until. COVID hit, and then we sort of just paused, <laughs> press pause on that, uh, but there's this really interesting thing where I had this realization traveling around Brazil where it's like, uh, I think this is the Indian Emirate and not the Australian Emirate that's shown up here. <laughs> it's that, it's like, wait, there's an Indian Emirate and there's an Australian Emirate. And it's like, wait, what is going on? And it's like, man, I'm, yeah, it's like different cultures, different mentality. And it's like, like you said, still at the core, it's still you, but like you, yeah. you show up with like, it's different mentality. It's like, it's weird to describe, but yeah, thank you. You did amazing in answering that. Thank yeah. Really I mean, I think that. anybody that's, 
you know, you have different sets of friends at home and things like that. And there's probably, you know, and some, sometimes you might sit down with the friend who's, you know, a little more serious and maybe the conversations, you know, always a little bit more deep and, and, and you're not consciously maybe adjusting your behavior, but you just may become you more, you more the deep sort of subdued you. And then you you go out with your drinking friends and you're like the wild you, you know, I mean, there, <laughs> we have, we contain multitudes, right? Yeah. So that doesn't change when you travel. I love that. So Oslo, what happened? How come? Tell me a little bit more. Why Oslo? Well, I met a Norwegian girl in Brazil and <laughs> yeah. actually, and, and if not had, now, then when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Uh, no, we, we had, uh, we had met in a hostel and then, yeah, it's a long story, but you know, years later, four years later, we reconnected and started chatting and then we started, um, deciding well we then we decided that maybe we should meet up because how often are we gonna you know chat from colorado to uh where i was living at the time to norway yeah. and just kind of have this phone skype thing going on we, we should probably meet up and yeah. see if this is a still a thing and so we went up in new york city and we were like well this is a thing and then mm. we started dating and blah 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 now <laughs> we're married and we have two small kids and i live in oslo norway and i just got my citizenship here a couple months ago so that's congratulations cool. citizen of norway. <laughs> yeah beautiful and congrats on the two little ones man that is such a blessing Thanks. Uh, so taking any a, kids or yeah we i've got a little five month old so this is me um jacked up on lack of sleep <laughs> yeah congratulations it's wild huh it's a wild it's, ride man it's a whole journey it's a whole journey <laughs> talk about adventures that is an adventure every day <laughs> how has the adjustment been for you from the life of no kids i think that's one of the biggest adjustments you can make in life from the kidless yeah, life totally. to the kid life you know yeah totally it's um Different. it's interesting because it's very hard to describe to someone that doesn't have it as i know you've probably I uh, can attest to as well. Some part of you grows so fast, so rapidly in responsibility that it's ridiculous. You can literally feel yourself in emotional maturity, just kind of going, whoa. But then there's yeah. other part of me that's kind of gone, like it's connected to this whole new childlike creativity and behavior, which is just like, it's the juxtaposition of those two things is really yeah. remarkable. Um, mm. And yeah, just it's, yeah, like everyone to say this, but it's just really special when you can look into like the eyes of a baby and you can just see yourself kind of looking back and your wife looking back in and you're just like, what? Me and my wife are just yeah. like, nah, man, like, nah, 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 wake up. And she's like, yeah, wake up. And it's like, this came out of your belly. Like what is going on? So we're still, <laughs> we're still like acclimatizing on the miracle of nature and how, yeah, biology came. So there's been a lot of late night phone calls to my own mother going, I'm sorry, I'm such an asshole to you. <laughs> I'm watching my wife put in the work with my son and I'm like, man, I'm like mothers are just next, 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 next level. So, yeah, um, man. but yeah, man, it's, how is it, uh, has it changed your relationship to your work at all? Or yeah, your, big your, time. Yeah. Big in, time, in what man. ways? It's, uh, it's before my work was it was a great curiosity and it was fun and it was easy to explore and i don't want to say i was one foot in and one foot out but there was always an opportunity to sort of explore something else like there was that curiosity that was very ripe in me um whereas it's interesting because you mentioned the word commitment and uh i wrote that down actually there's just the level of commitment that comes through when it's like actually what i'm up to in life is actually helping put a roof over my son's head you know it's there's just that level of commitment which makes it like, and it's not like a, like commitment previously would have been a bit more like a, like a, like a weighty kind of energy, but this is like a commitment yeah. where it's like a, let's go and see like what, let's really make the most of this. So it's kind of pushed me with that responsibility to that commitment a little bit deeper yourself. How was, yeah. How's it been for you? With, yeah. With I mean, I think it was, kids? you know, I know for a lot of people, the whole working from home or the zoom calls and things like that was, was relatively new for the pandemic, but for me, I'd been doing it for eight years now. Long, yeah. You know, so. Uh, well, and the I'll podcast actually, set you up so years. well for that as well, right? Like the podcast setup is the Zoom setup. You're off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, anybody that's had the experience now, I think we've all had the experience of working from home now. Like before, maybe I was more in the minority of working mm -hmm. remotely from cafes and from home and, you know, all this, all this stuff. But, uh, you know, with that comes uh, this balance of, it's easy to kind of slip into the workaholism, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you can always get online. There's always more to do. It's always there. And I think 
uh, for a long time, you know, my work was, I just was just so into it, doing mm-hmm. it all the time. And then when, uh, when my daughter was born, I was just kind of like, yes, it's important. And I, I want to make an impact and it's still important to me. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't have to be everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It opens up a whole family. It's interesting how it becomes this front and center piece. And it's weird. Like, I don't know if you were the same, but like my parents were always harping on about how important family is. And I was just like, yeah, of course you're going to say that your parents. And now it's like, oh shit, family's really important. And it's like, damn it. I'm a parent now. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it, man. You, you just don't, I mean, at least, yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're, but when you were single or when you were just traveling with your wife, or your girlfriend or whoever, yeah. You know, families are like invisible. Yeah. <laughs> you almost don't even see them on the street. Just like they're just completely discounted. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you're just not in that mode at yeah. all. You yeah. know, it's just not the part of life you're in. And then you have a family and then, then you just see families everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> and then you realize you're invisible to those, you know, 20 <laughs> somethings who are on their way out to the club or whatever. And, yeah. You know. It's just the nature of life. It's so interesting, isn't it? Man, I want to talk about, we were talking about fear a little bit earlier and we're talking about work and kids and family. The, yeah, the, the opportunity to basically go on the journey of living a location independent career. Um, yeah, like you, like now it's something that's way more in the collective consciousness. Like people are sort of, yeah, like laptop lifestyle is a phrase that everybody has like in their mind somewhere tucked away. Um, but this has been a thing you've been dedicated to quite some time. And not only that now, you're actually helping people. Um, yeah, like be location independent through the community, the Lifestyle Launch Academy. Um, what were, like at what point and kind of what were your fears in terms of like at some point you would have been like, I'm doing this for myself and I'm having lots of fun. But then at what point was it like, actually, this is a service that I need to offer a tribe and a community. Was it off the back of the podcast or were you having friends that were inquiring from you, how you were doing it? A multitude. Can you explain to us the journey of how this all sort of came about? Oh yeah. Uh, well, it's a few different things. I'd say hmm. one with the podcast and zero to travel, it's about helping people, build a life of travel. Essentially it's people that, that love travel and want to make it a big thing in their lives, whether that means they're doing it full time or they have a home base and they just, you know, it's one of their number one hobbies and they Mm. they just want to build it in and do it a lot. And generally (laughs) people that love travel, they, it's not like, uh, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem to be the, if you want to call it a hobby or a thing that you're interested in, it doesn't seem to be the kind of thing where it's like a fad where you're, you know, one week, it's like, oh, I might buy a guitar and pick it up. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't really want to play guitar. Yeah. It's like travel this things. week, next week. Nah, I don't really want to travel. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. if you love travel, you're kind of like obsessed. You kind of love it your whole life. You kind of love it your whole life. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just a, it's just a thing. So um, because of that, it, like anybody's life, you go through a lot of changes. Like you've had, you have a kid now, there's a lot of things that happen. So mm. the way you build travel into your life can change. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. And I've experienced a lot of some of those different ways. Like, so for me in the beginning, I had bills to pay. I, uh, I ended up in these touring jobs and that was an awesome time in my life because I got to travel around. I was uh, working as a contractor. Um, but I was, I was learning, I was making money. I was living on the road. I was having all my bills paid for me, but at some point, I wanted to have my own kind of thing. I knew I always wanted to have that. I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the term location independent. And I was like, like the fireworks were going off, you know, the big light bulb, like location independent. That's yeah. the kind of business I need to have. Um, and then that was a whole other exploration. Right. And, and then finally kind of figuring that out and then understanding, Hey, this is, uh, this is amazing, but there's like, how do I meet other people doing this? Right. Mm. Um, and so that was the genesis of the community because we were, uh, it, it goes back to the whole, you know, for entrepreneurs, sometimes the business idea is just scratching your own itch, right? Mm-hmm. You're creating the thing that you wish existed. So you're like, well, this doesn't really exist. It's by evolution. Exist the way I want it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I'm just going to make it. And, you know, hopefully people understand the intention and show Ooh, up and things like that. Something similar. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So in there, does, 
I'm going to sort of try and draw two parallels between two things we've been talking about is do you think uh, being an adventurer at heart and having traveled so many places was a useful sort of temperament personality trait I don't know chops that you developed in said space helped you um, with your being like being a business owner and trying to actually create um, something with the material from because a lot of businesses taking something that's an idea and implementing it into the world there's an adventure in that as well do you yeah. think the adventure of having been a traveler around the world has actually helped on that path as well or am I drawing parallels but where they don't exist no I think it has I think in the beginning it, it's interesting because if you looked at my life touring and not having a full-time job and you know, going contract to contract, traveling overseas, taking months off and, and, you know, living this unconventional life and lifestyle, you know, I, who knew I would say this, but it's funny. Like who knew being nomadic for 10 years would actually have value to people later <laughs> on in life. I didn't know people just thought I was, you know, my dad would be like, Hey, when are you going to settle down, man? This is like, how long are you going to do this thing? And you know, all those yeah. types of questions. I didn't know that it would turn into something that, oh, there are other people that want to do this too. And there are other people like me that when I want to make this their life, or at least, you know, I get a lot of joy in helping them now because I lived that nomadic life. I might do it again someday. I'm just not in a position where I, I want to do it right now with my family. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like cool living in Norway and raising my kids and having, yeah. I still love traveling of course, but I'm not in the, in the place where I want to be nomadic right now, but for those people that are, I've done it and I want to help them, you know, yeah. I, want, I want them to have that. So, um, as far as the parallel, yeah, I think in the beginning, the, the perception might be that I was living this sort of risky life. To me, it just felt like I was following my heart and mm -hmm. I understood what people were saying, cause I am a part of that culture. So I, you know, sometimes you would, you know, halfway into my touring career or whatever might be like, should I take this contract? Like, should I be working a full-time job in the office and like building a career? Cause I can't really go higher than tour manager on mm. the road. That's sort of the highest position on the, mm. on the event tours that I was running. Um, so, but I was like, no, I'm just going to keep doing this. So that might've seemed risky to people. So you would think that when I was going to start my own thing, well, I'm just like used to taking on risk, but in actuality it was, it felt risky and, and scary in a different way. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, first of all, you're putting you know, to be an entrepreneur, you have to put yourself out there in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You have to have a lot of faith in yourself to come up with the ideas and to like figure things out. And there's a lot of failing along mm -hmm. the way. And, and just, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not a linear kind of thing. You're sort of all over the place and <laughs> it's hard. So, um, so in, in many ways, I don't think taking the quote unquote risks by, you know, living a life of travel and, and shunning the status quo, uh, helped me that much when I started because mm -hmm. I was still scared and trying to figure it out and having to overcome imposter syndrome and all the other typical mm -hmm. entrepreneurial things, which you still battle to this day. Um, but on the other hand, it has helped me because through traveling and all the experiences I've had, you, you realize that you're a resourceful person who can get a lot of things done, even if you don't think you can, you know, I didn't know I could change a transmission in a lawn tractor until mm. I figured that out or, you know, get a double decker British bus, uh, that's stuck on the side of the road in the middle of Kansas fixed, you know, by yeah, well. a mechanic who doesn't never seen a double decker, you know, I'll, I mean, all <laughs> these things, you know, there's a, I could go on and on, but you face a lot of things in your career and you can use that in, in, that empowerment that you have through yeah. your resourcefulness uh, from traveling. Um, and you can apply that, of course, to entrepreneurship. And then there's a lot of other things that I learned from traveling. I think that, you know, maybe it's confidence and, um, you know, de dealing with different types of people. And I mean, yes, a lot of it translates. So the answer, again, going back to the duality, it's both. Mm. Yeah, the answer is both. <laughs> I love that. And I asked that from a, from an intimate space. Cause I, yeah, having been to 56 countries, my mom was always like, you wasted so much money and time. Like you could have bought a house and all this sort of stuff, you know? And my dad was always very supportive. He was like, actually, no, these lessons that you're learning right now are invaluable. Like you yeah. know, there are, there are experiences that you're gathering that just, you know, 
just like you cannot put a price on those experiences because life is, yeah. you know, one life is what you're conscious of and then, you know, potentially um, that will those will be your memories. So it's always had that juxtaposition and, and hence why I asked. And in that I wanted to, yeah, just ask like the, the you mentioned something about following your heart and from the outside looking in, there's a lot of success in your space. Um, did you believe deep down inside that potentially just following your heart would have led to your success or was it something that was always sort of like, I don't know where this is really going and it just happened to turn into success. Can you speak to a little bit about your faith and what your beliefs were around that? You might be surprised that the answer is both. We <laughs> <laughs> call this podcast duality, or the, the adventure of duality. <laughs> there you go. Great title. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's always it's always a good idea to reflect on your experiences and see what has worked, even if the path you have ahead of you, 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 you sometimes might not even believe in yourself, mm. right? So getting into say entrepreneurship, right? Of course it's, of course it's unknown. Of course you don't know if you're going to make it work or what exactly you're doing and where it's going to lead and what you're going to start. And if people are going to buy it and on and on and on. Mm. Uh, but what I could do was look back on my, you know, nomad days and say, well, look, every time that I, followed my heart, which is what I was doing, you know, when, when all was said and done, I just wanted to keep traveling. And so I just kept saying yes to travel in those mm. different forms, whatever that meant, because it's just what I wanted to do. And it was a wonderful life. So why don't I just lean on into that, that mm. idea that, Hey, well, th this worked for me before. So maybe I can trust that it will work again. Mm. Would you advise others to follow their heart? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, how could you say no to that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot to that, of course, you know, mm. it, it, when I say that it doesn't mean don't be practical at all. Mm -hmm. You know, don't think things through and make cons have considerations, but when all said and done, following your heart is, going to be the best thing for you to do because when you are sitting on your deathbed, you're probably not going to regret following your heart. Mm. Yeah. I love that. You know, Agreed. Jason, before I let you go, there's a question that I ask everybody, um, which is in spite of evolution, what do you sort of see for the future that lies ahead of us for tomorrow for yourself, potentially for humanity, potentially for travelers all over the world, potentially for the planet, like when you feel into inspired evolution and what's possible for tomorrow as a collective, what do you have a vision? Do you feel into something? What, what rings true for you? Hold on. Let me get out my crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get it right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you, <laughs> you know, I think the world is, a lot more unpredictable than we and chaotic than we really think it is as individuals. It, it's, uh, I mean, look at the pandemic and things like that. We don't have to talk about that because, you know, everybody's tired of hearing that, but it's just, you just, it's very difficult to, to know because human behavior, behavior as a collective is, is unpredictable, but um, when I think back to traveling and some of the things we talked about earlier, where in the end, you know, people are, are good. There have been so many times, you know, strangers have helped me out or taken me in and things like that. And when you, when you really understand that, you know, there's a lot of good out there. So you have to think that as a collective, we'll, we'll figure some of these challenges out, hopefully all of them together. Um, and just having that direct experience of, of getting, you know, those interactions and, and finding those good people all over the world. It's, uh, it's something that I carry with me when you read the bad media and, you know, you hear the stories and all the terrible things that happen in this world. Uh, so 
Yeah, it's it's a balance. I've been struggling with this a lot lately with the the idea of, you know, I think we have to be more conscious travelers for sure. Um, it, it's hard to promote travel and to think, well, I, I know that travel has an impact, of course, on local communities. It has an impact on, um, you know, the environment. If you're, you know, taking planes and everything, all, all those things. I do think in the end, you travel, it opens people up and, and it gets us more connected to the world. Yeah. So I think in the end, there's a lot of good that comes out of that, that you can't even quantify. Uh, so I still think it's a, it's, a, I, I still feel, you know, excited and, um, at peace with, you know, promoting travel as a thing, especially in the way, uh, um, I, I like to talk about it. Uh, there's a lot of change, good change in that in the world that can come from travel, but, uh, we should also as individuals, you know, just be conscious of the traveling we're doing. And it doesn't mean we have to be saints or we should never get on a plane or anything like that, but it's just, yeah, just to be conscious of it and try to try to, you know, leave a place better than when we came and, and all of those types of things. So love that brother thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly in this conversation on this early start this for you great. over there and um yeah i know we went to lots of different places and i know a lot of it's informed through your own adventures in life and you know your own podcast and all the conversations you've gleaned your wisdom from and well, honestly, it, it, it sounds like we're gonna have to get you on the podcast we got some <laughs> travel stories to share so we'll have to make that it happen would, it would be my honor it would be my absolute honor but yeah. Oh, and yeah, man, thank you so much for, for doing this and sharing yourself. And, you know, like, honestly, just from one traveler to another, I can just, it's really nice to just sort of drop in immediately and just not like, you just see the walls just kind of drop and just connect. Like, it's just so easy. And I really appreciate that about your vibe. And yeah, just thank you so much for doing this on behalf of myself and the Inspired Evolution audience, brother, just wishing you all the best on your path. And we'll put links and stuff to your show notes uh, in the show notes to your podcast um, and the community as well. So hopefully everybody that cool. wants to check out Zero to Travel, please. It's in the show notes. Do yourself a favor. The podcast, the heaps of fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thanks. Thank bro. you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's an honor to be invited on here and uh, really enjoy chatting with you. So let's get you on the show so we can turn the tables and um, we'll figure out a time to do that. So be on the lookout. Flip that. the script. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.